At the Cryptid Keeper podcast, we love to laugh at the darkness, but we would never laugh at the rich cultures that explore it, or the unique cultural significance of the creatures explored. The jokes within are on no one but us. We encourage additional research on the subjects covered here, and hope that a comedy podcast is not your primary source of information. to the Cryptid Keeper Podcast, the podcast for cryptids and their keepers. Merry Christmas, if you celebrate, because I think this episode is coming out on Christmas Eve day. Yeah, if I'm doing my timing in my head right, that's fair. We're not recording it on Christmas Eve day, obviously, but we will be celebrating. And after that long sort of extended departure on the intro, I'm Alex Flanagan. And I'm Addison Peacock. And we're here to bring you the real reason for the season. We wish Are you a we? scary Christmas, we wish you a scary Christmas, we wish you a scary Christmas and a creepy new year. She rushed me through doing the intro because she said she had very important business to attend to and now I'm thinking that was it. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. I feel like that was definitely it. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. I didn't think of that last night at three o'clock in the morning waking up in a fe- from a fever dream. <laughs> you didn't go to sleep before 3 a.m. So I did I go to sleep before 3 a.m. Um, well, anyway, I was I'm- playing Dream Daddy till 2.30. Thank you very much. <laughs> Uh, okay, so what do you want to do? Do you want to jump right into cryptids? Do you want to, I know you had some other mm. holiday special you wanted to get through. I'm not sure what order you want to do these things in. So first of all, I want to welcome you guys to part two of our uh, holiday special. Because it is the holiday that we both celebrate, this is coming at you through sort of a Christmas-themed lens. And I apologize for that, uh, but um, we are just, you got to write what you know and draw from the cryptids that you came from. I don't know. But um, if so if you celebrate, then... Happy, happy Christmas, happy Christmas time. And if, and if not, then I hope you will enjoy some holiday cheer from us just the same. And speaking of holiday cheer, I think I would like to do something a little self-indulgent, but that is several podcasts I listen to do uh, take part in, which I find to be quite delightful, which is we are also today having our, our Cryptic Keeper team Christmas party, which is a party of two. <laughs> it's actually not the whole team. No, it's true. It's, it's two of us. I wish the whole team could be here. That'd be cute as heck. Right? Someday. Gift exchange. Gift exchange. Are you ready? Yes. Are you ready? I'm going to give you mine first because I oh. feel like I under-delivered on the Christmas gift giving this year. Like, no. it's, it's good, but no. usually I'm, like, a very, very, like, specific and intuitive gift giver. And, like, I just, I didn't see anything this year that was, like, amazing. I saw, like, one thing and I got it for you, but it's small, so there are, like, some other stuff in there. Anyway, so here is your beautiful gift. <gasps> okay. I'm excited. Do you want to take it? Yes. Oh, I didn't know. I thought you were, I didn't know if you were going to hand it to me. No. I mean, do you want me to like showcase it for you and pull out each item and describe no, it? No, no. I'm going to do it. No, well, this first is not read an the bag. ASMR video. Well, first read the bag. This is an unboxing the bag of Addison's says, Christmas gift. This is an unboxing of Addison's Christmas gift. It says holiday hot cocoa ingredients, four cups whole milk, half cup sugar, four tablespoons cocoa powder, six ounces milk chocolate, one teaspoon vanilla extract, two ounces peppermint schnapps, garnished with marshmallows. And now you have a recipe to make from me to you. <laughs> That's the secret. Flanagan family hot cocoa recipe printed on this bag I got from Home Goods. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. OMG. OMG hot chocolate with superfoods. Do you know what the OMG stands for? Organic meets good. Yeah, I went for the most Gwyneth Paltrow hot chocolate I could find. This is really great. Oh my god. It's got protein in it. It's packed with superfoods. What? I need protein. <laughs> we all do. It's vegan. Mm-hmm. Dang. This has pumpkin seed protein powder in it. Heck yeah. This looks amazing, actually. This looks really good. Yeah, right? OMG. Although it's telling me to add it to water, which is absurd. I'm going to add this to almond milk. 
Why I mean, would yes. I? Because I love myself. Um, this is so nice. Okay. Oh, oh boy. Oh boy. What? Milk chocolate spoons. Six pieces. Milk chocolate spoons. They're spoons made of chocolate. I don't know how else <laughs> to describe them. And those are not vegan, but they are, that, Well, you know. it says milk on it, I figured. <laughs> but the, it's okay, because I'm not either. And these are amazing. <gasps> See, now Ooh. I found these forever ago. Oh, they're so good. Okay, so for everyone, uh, if you've seen the Netflix sensation Glow... These are buttons. They are glow buttons. And they have Zoya the Destroyer on it. They have Gorgeous Ladies of Wrestling. Just the glow go. The, the glow go. Thank you. you. I love it. The glow, like the title text with the neon. And then a picture of all the beautiful Gorgeous Ladies of Wrestling. And my heart is so full and I love them so much. Glow is a show that I tried uh, without success to get Addison to watch for like three straight weeks. And then finally... We were hanging out together, and I was like, okay, we're turning on Glow right now. And we did, and we literally watched almost the entire season it's in one sitting. It's because it's perfect. Um, it's amazing. Yeah, I've watched it like three times through, and it's it brought me to full oh, emotional life every time. Oh, 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 There's also a pumpkin spice bath bomb. Natch. It's simple, but it's perfect. <laughs> Natch, she says. It was like, so here's your beautiful little self-care kit. You, this is so sweet. Uh, mine is only a one-part gift, That's and okay. I hope you like it. I'm pretty stoked about it. Um, I love the bag already. I hope I'm not more stoked than you because that's always weird. Nah, it's going to be um, great. This is some ASMR for you guys mm, at home. The crinkle tingles. Got some crinkle tingles for you. Love it. All right, so this bag is a large brown paper bag with so many birds on it, and yep. I'm obsessed with that. Love birds. Love them. Love them. So, oh, there's more tissue paper. There's a lot of tissue paper. I didn't want you to be able to see the thing. I didn't want you to be able to see the thing. Ooh, this tissue paper is glittery. Oh, I love it. I didn't want you to be able to see the thing. Oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, okay. man. Oh, man. Okay. What is it? It's some sort of clothing thing, I think. It's burgundy in color or wine. Would you call this burgundy or I wine? I would call it burgundy. Burgundy. Oh. <laughs> I will weep. <laughs> I will lose my mind. You want to tell the nice people at all? I can't. <laughs> I think I did good. I think I did a good job. <laughs> this is never leaving my body. <laughs> um, okay, so what Addison has given me underneath all this tissue paper, which is now causing me to leak literal human fluids from my eyes, um, is a burgundy crew neck sweatshirt that says Hawkins Middle School AV Club on it, and I'm gonna cry. In case you are not familiar, it is a stranger thing. <laughs> it is the strangest thing of all, perhaps, which is middle school. Um, but I love it so much. I'm really glad. I found it on an Etsy store. Um, I actually found it Thanks to, shout out to a BuzzFeed article called, like, Etsy stores to buy gifts for people who love TV or something. It was something weird like that. Oh, very good. And I was looking at all the Etsy stores because I was curious. And this same Etsy store made, like, a Sunnydale High School, like, a sweatshirt, which I was looking at for just myself for the future. And then I saw this on their store and was like... Oh, ho, ho, ho. Um, I need you to know how amazing this is because I've spent the past literally like two months um, pining over and not buying any Stranger Things merch because I love it so much, but I like can't justify spending money on myself. So I got you. I appreciate this. this oh is my god, of course. Gift. Are you kidding? Are you putting it on right now? <laughs> yes, I am. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. I'm literally removing the one sweater I was wearing so I can put on this other sweater. <laughs> yes, um, yes, yes. Thank you so much. Yes, this of course. Is so per- oh my God, it's so soft. It's real soft, right? <laughs> wow, I'm going to lose my mind. I was going to say, I think I sized it while I went. Just like, I figured sweatshirt, you can yeah, have no, some Yeah, no, you room. touched it. Yeah, okay. Because it's not like you want a snug fit on a sweatshirt either, right, right, so right, right, you right. always want to like... You done good, kid. Thank you. I'm so glad. Oh, it looks so good. Oh, it's so comfortable. Oh, it's very good. Yeah. This was spreading some holiday cheer. It's well, really I hope good. everybody out there um, has received 
the gift of friendship because that's really what that's the number one that's the number one gift in this gift exchange today well that's the thing is that's what i that's why i love like it's as i've gotten older and i feel like this is the case for a lot of people as you get older like the bit you like about christmas goes from being like i want to see if i get the toy i like to like i like to spend time with people not to be christmas special about it no no no. and that's honestly like my favorite thing about gift giving right is that like it's well one it's my love language it's literally like Mm. like giving gifts is mine too mine too (laughs) um and so for me it's the chance to like craft something or select something for a person that goes like hey this made me think of you and Mm -hmm. so it's a thing that i do all year long anyway but christmas lets me go like a little bit hog wild more so than my bank account really allows for but um (laughs) it's really nice i think to get something from someone not because the thing itself because like one it's something that you'll think of like that person every time that you wear it but also it's something that is inherently symbolic of the relationship that you have and like i don't know i think it's really nice it's like a nice sense of validation and be like oh like it's a sweatshirt but i feel so seen (laughs) yeah exactly it's really nice um, so thank you. Thank you so much. That's a really sweet gift. Wait, if we're if we're putting on if we're putting on presents, I'm are you just gonna, gonna wear your glow buttons? I'm gonna wear one of them. I'm gonna pick Did a- you guys know that Addison literally is Ruth Wilder? I am. I understand. I'm gonna put my and for that I'm gonna put my Zoya the Destroyer button on. Do your best Russia joke for us. Um uh Podcasting. Oh Podcasting. Um I've actually been to Russia, so yeah, right? I feel almost weird making weird Soviet Russia jokes because I'm like, <laughs> I've been to there. Um, but I will repeat my favorite Ruth Wilder Russia joke, which is, uh, we have place like this in Rush, in Soviet Union, ice cream gulag. The air is so cold, you die. <laughs> I've got my Ruth button on. Uh, it's my very Zoya good. the Destroya button. Um, let me pull up my notes for this episode after that lengthy little holiday seasonal yeah, thanks intro. Yeah, with us. That was fun. Was well, this is part two of our two-part holiday special that we that you did not know was going to be a two-part holiday special. But and it's part one of our holiday celebrations today because after this, Addison and I are making brunch. We're going to make some avocado toast and we're going to watch a Christmas prince and we're going to do this every year until we die. <laughs> you got it. So... I had to follow both my heart and the requests of many a listener for this one. And we're going classic. We went good old jolly old St. Nicholas last Mm -hmm. time. And these two elements often come as a package deal. So so this this year, so this episode I have brought with me because apparently I'm the half of this duo that brings all the spooky stuff to the table uh, instead of the stuff that's going to get you in your feels. And so I've brought with me a little episode on... De Krampus. De Krampus. <laughs> Love it. Um, that's like our whole branding statement though, right? Oh yeah. It's like folklore meeting. Krampus. Meeting spooky? Yep. Oh, I've got so much Krampus. By the way, did you know there are Krampus sightings? Like legit ones? Uh, hit me up Because I've got a couple. Those. Well, those are coming later. First uh, we gotta do some primer okay, stuff. Okay. Okay. I also have one. a I also have a bonus creepy Christmas figure. I'll talk about it at the end, Love just because it. I came across a different guy when I was doing my research. Is it the tiny French Christmas mouse that leaves presents in your shoes? No, although I love that. No, it's another troubling one. Okay, it's also French though. Nice. Um, I'll talk about him at the end. So a lot of this was actually stuff I had already come across when I was researching my piece for the horror honeys on the scary side of Santa Claus. And what you'll find across the world is in so many different cultural iterations of Christmas, Santa is pretty much like Santa all around. Santa's Mm -hmm. pretty much Santa. But in so many different cultures, he is accompanied by a terrible, like, enforcer of sorts. Like, he has, like, a... He has a muscle man to, like, do his dirty work for him. Um... 
So Santa doesn't have to get his hands dirty and he can stay jolly old St. Nicholas in your head this way. So I want to go ahead and start with a little primer on the Krampus from a good old Smithsonian magazine, actually. Ooh, love it. All right. Yeah. Take me to there. Now, I need to pull this up just because I copied a lot of my favorite bits, but I don't remember the headline. I want to pull it up just because the headline was great. This headline and this subheader. The origin of Krampus, Europe's evil twist on Santa. The mythical holiday beast is once again on the prowl, but beware, he's making his way across the Atlantic. And this is from December 2015, so he's making his way across the He's already here. I really like to know the specifics. Is he, like, going by boat? Is he, did he... I don't know. Took it. I don't know. Is he walking? There's actually a very amazing, scary picture as well from a Krampus. that's really good. This is a picture from a Krampusnacht in um, Austria in the traditional costume. But now, let's kick on over to what I have here. So, Krampus... Himself. There's a fun, I'll read this to you. This is also atmospheric. Here we go. A mangled, deranged face with bloodshot eyes tops a furry black body. Giant horns curl up from his head, displaying his half-goat, half-demon lineage. Behind this terror, a dozen more stomp through the snow of the streets of Lienz, Lienz, L-I-E-N-Z, sorry, Austria, Lienz, probably, among a din of of cowbell jangles. The creatures dash through the streets, chasing giggling children and adults alike, poking them with sticks and scaring some with the realization that they were naughty this year. This is, like, a description of Lienz's annual Krampus parade, also known as a lot of German words I can't pronounce, like uh, Perzenlauf or Klaubauf. I think those are Mm -hmm. pretty much right. Which is a centuries-old tradition. Young men in town dress up as the mythical creature in parade through the streets in an ancient pagan ritual meant to disperse winter's ghosts. This is a tradition also known as Krampuslauf, or the Krampus Run, and it has gained recognition in the United States, though it started in Austria, Germany, Slovenia, Hungary, and the Czech Republic. Now, that's just a little, I love that fun little atmospheric description, and now I will tell you a little bit more about the Krampus, according to the Smithsonian article, like his origins. So, Krampus himself historically comes around the night of December 5th, tagging along with St. Nicholas. He visits houses all night with his saintly pal. While St. Nick is on hand to put candy in the shoes of good kids and birch twigs in the shoes of the bad, you know, Kramp- As you do. Krampus's particular specialty is punishing naughty children. Legend has it that throughout the Christmas season, misbehaved kids are beaten with birch branches or can disappear, stuffed into Krampus's sack, and hauled off to his lair to be tortured and eaten. What? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Now, the weird thing is kidnapping, actually, and I'll go into this more some, or I won't go into this more specifically, but you can look this up if you want. Uh, kidnapping features heavily into actually a lot of weird cultural iterations of Santa. The Dutch, Sinterklaas, actually, in some iterations of the story, uh, kicks you if you're a naughty child, um, and then uh, sometimes stuffs you in a sack and takes you back to his home in Spain. I have a horrible thought on that, yeah. actually. Are you ready for, yeah. like, how bad this is? Sure. Um, so... In Lord of the Rings mythology, <laughs> there is so basically like the whole the whole thing that like orcs come from originally is like the tortured and mangled elves, right? Like yeah. they're elves that have been taken and, and yes. transformed to something else. So like, where do Santa's elves come from? Oh no, they're they are like forever young, eternally. But like, there are some pretty creepy looking elves out there. Like depending on what sort of you know you're looking at. I mean, are they like kidnapped children that yes. have been taken away, yes. spirited back to Spain or the North Pole. They're like the Lost Boys of Peter Pan. They're the Lost Boys. Yeah, that's horrible. It's terrible. Enjoy that. This is the Deeply Troubling episode. We started it off with some holiday cheer. Uh, the best way to spread Christmas cheer is screaming loud for all to hear. Uh, I've got a million of them. Uh, so Forced into toy-making labor forever. Uh, 
they spoke to um, the Smithsonian, and they do not have this person's first name in this piece, and I don't know why that is. Like, I, I looked th for it, but um, a, uh, a person... But um, their last name is S E G H E R S, and they are that's who says this next Segers? quote right here. Seggers, yeah, I would imagine. The Krampus is the yin to Saint Nick's yang. Seggers tells Smithsonian.com. You have the saint, you have the devil. It taps into a subconscious macabre desire that a lot of people have. That is the opposite of the saccharine Christmas a lot of us grew up with. In fact. Here's some history for you. Krampus's roots have nothing to do with Christmas. Instead, they date back to pre-Germanic paganism in the region. His name originates with the German Krampen, which means claw. And tradition has it that he is the son of the Norse god of the underworld, underworld hell. During the 12th century, the Catholic Church attempted to banish Krampus celebrations because of his resemblance to the devil. More eradication attempts followed in 1934, um, and I'll talk about those a little bit more, but at the hands of Austria's conservative Christian Social Party, as well as uh, the Nazis. Anyway, but none of it held, and Krampus emerged as a much feared and beloved holiday force. For some, the annual festival of child-hunting Krampus is fun, but concerns that refugees in the Alpine towns that celebrate Krampus could find the tradition frightful has prompted some towns to consider taming the horror. Which is nice of them. This year, Krampus's scheduled arrival in the Alpine towns that celebrate him coincides with an influx of refugees from Syria and Afghanistan. Oh, this I is interesting. About yeah. The story and I love it. Though the festival is well loved, it gave rise to concerns that the new neighbors might be scared of the tradition and its nightmare fueling cos costumes. Rather than canceling the parade, town officials decided to educate the newcomers. The Telegraph's Rosina Saber, or Sabor, S-A-B-U-R, writes that refugee children in Lyons were invited to a presentation where they learned about the props, costumes, and customs of Krampus. It's real sweet, actually. It's, so it's really nice. Seggers likes the idea of introducing Krampus to re refugees in Austria. I think it's wonderful that they want to get the refugees used to this sort of thing, he says. You can't force people to adopt cultural traditions, of which they have no basis or point of reference. Well, you shouldn't force them to adopt them, period. But I think, right. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, it's 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 nice to teach people about that cultural cross-pollination and all that. Perhaps Is this from last year or from this year? This is from 2015. Okay, yeah, because I remember hearing about this, and yeah. it was really, really cool. Perhaps you'll be the next to catch the Krampus spirit this holiday. After all, the horrible spirit could very well be watching you. <laughs> Isn't that fun? Um, now, the funny thing about that is, like, Krampus knocks and um, uh, runs of the Krampus and all those different names for the different festivals are something of actual tourist attractions. While I was researching, um, this is just very short, but I found, actually, funnily enough, I um little... Uh, a piece on a site called The Fairy Tale Traveler, which is, um, and it was written by a travel blogger named Hannah Logan, who's the writer of Eat, Sleep, Breathe, Travel, uh, who did a guest post on the Krampus mm -hmm. and talked about, um, how it pops up in, uh, the United States, like the way, like the events have kind of transferred over to the U.S. Because of course, it's done. Krampus Nacht is done in um, Alpine area and in Germany throughout Germany. But just like a little bit, um, it says in the United States, the Krampus has crept his way into pop culture with an episode of the hit TV series Grimm. In 2013, the beast was featured in the episode The Twelve Days of Krampus. In LA and all across the states, we are seeing Krampus events pop up. A bit behind the trend, I say. It makes me wonder: Will I be seeing Krampus cards in Target in ten years? <laughs> I just really enjoyed that little thing. And then there's some actual fun cute. pictures from, uh, the, there's a there's pictures from the LA Krampus walk. Oh, fun. But, um, it's the same, it's another primer on the history. If you want to read, uh, just a slightly, uh, a, a slightly shorter summary of the history of the Krampus, it's the fairy tale traveler has a section on it. Also some great pictures from Krampus festivals throughout, uh, Europe, but I just found that one very delightful. Also, there's another different version of it, which apparently, instead of putting children in a sack, he sometimes put them in a wash tub and took them back to his lair. He I still... love that so much more. Yeah, a wash tub? Why do you like that better? Because it's he's... hysterical. He still kidnaps the children. Yeah, no, oh. but like, 
a wash tub. Like, it doesn't have a lid on it or anything. It's just, like, a wash tub. Yeah, they're it's probably like real basin. little. They're They've just, like, bad. small, and he's carrying them around. And, like, instead of having, like, I don't know, like, a sack you can, like, throw over your bag and, like, run through the night. But, like, can you imagine, like, a wash tub out in front of you? It's yeah, like- that's true. It's true. Actually, yeah, it is a pretty great image. Also, I just, the thing that is funny to me about that, though, is that he still takes them. I just, when I saw wash tub, I was like, oh, so he, like, scrubs them clean of their sins or something. I don't know where I thought it was going. I don't know. I don't know. Um, but no, that's not what happens. The Krampus sees your sins, and he punishes you for them. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I started doing that. Um, why do any of us do anything is what we do? I need Ashley Knack here right now. Okay. Ah, love Sorry, her. an uh, actress and classmate of mine who was um, Freyland Schneider in a production of Cabaret this year, and she does a quite a excellent uh, German accent. But anyway, I've got also, before I get into some sighting stuff, I've got a piece from Mental Floss that I found really fun, Ooh, I love which is Floss. just nine facts about Krampus, St. Nick's demonic companion. I've got some nine fun facts for you. So <laughs> I love all of this. This is written by Jess Zimmerman, who is just knocking it out of the park with this. St. Nick brings the gifts and Krampus brings the pain. Okay, so um, before we go any further, yeah. I know it's been a while since we've done a movie pitch on this podcast. Oh, okay, give me, bear give me, with me. me okay, I'm there so is ready. a Krampus movie. No, 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 and that's what I'm going to say. Okay. There is a Krampus movie. There, there are several, and there have been a number of Santa Claus movies, right? Mm. But the one thing we are currently missing, which I think would not only be what we need to bring the truth behind this lore to mm-hmm. the public, but also to create like a new holiday classic, is to have... A Santa Krampus buddy cop movie. Oh, man. Where it's like a good cop, bad cop thing, where Santa is like the aging cop on the edge of retirement. And, and the, the Krampus, Krampus is the loose, is cannon, the loose cop. cannon cop with nothing to lose. Oh, man. And they're partners. And um, I don't know, like... So are they cops in this movie? They are cops. Oh, okay. They are Christmas cops. They're That's Christmas what it's cops. called. It's called Christmas Cop. It's called Christmas Cop. Christmas Cops. Cop 1. Yeah. Christmas Cop 1. Right. Is there going to be a series? Well, yeah, that's what I'm hoping for. That's why I put the one on it, so people will go ahead and look for the rest of them. But You're putting a one so they'll have to make a sequel or it'll make no sense. <laughs> yes. I'm counting on this being successful. I think that you should believe in your own success, because if you don't, nobody else will. Um, I understand. But anyway, that's the plot that I want for you. And I think that maybe there's like a Jack Frost sting operation or something going on. Because Jack Frost is always the bad guy in these movies. Why and I don't is know he why. always the villain? I don't know. He's the villain in this. He's the villain in Santa Girl. In Santa Girl, of all things. <laughs> we can't talk about um, Santa Girl on no, this podcast. We can't. I'm gonna erase That's all I can it. say. Santa Girl. Look it up. Wikipedia. <gasps> Don't look Check it up. Check it out. Um, and they have a Facebook page. Like, That's people true. know it's a movie. We're not dealing away plot spoilers. That's true. Um, anyway, but I, I think- could give away plot spoilers. <laughs> Do not. I was an extra Do in not. critically acclaimed Christmas film, Santa Girl. Santa Girl. Okay, Love anyway. It. Anyway, but that's what I want. I want a movie where it's a buddy cop movie. Because yes. I think that we're, like, losing sight of the fact a lot that these two, like, work in tandem. Yeah. You know? And it's true. like, you know, you, you have the gifts and you have yeah. the kidnapping. Yeah. I'm <laughs> you gotta send, have both parts. I'm gonna you know, send Blaine Weaver an email and ask why the Krampus wasn't in Santa Girl. Why wasn't the Krampus in Santa Girl? He could have been, like, the college jock or something. <laughs> or, just, or, like, the dean of student affairs. And or he's, like, like, her fun uncle. Oh, please. I love that. Um, um, anyway, so number one, first fun fact is Krampus is a Christmas demon. Same. Who is Krampus? In Austria and across the German-speaking Alpine region, this is about the same, like, it's uh, a crucial part of the holiday season, a demonic figure who looks like Satan, uh, or typical portrayals of Satan, you might see him posed harmlessly on a greeting card or reproduced in chocolate or figurines. Mm. But you might also encounter a procession of Krampuses stalking through the town laden with bells and chains, intimidating onlookers, or whipping them with bundles of sticks. (laughs) That's my favorite. December 5th belongs to Krampus. If you survive, you might get presents. (laughs) December 5th is Krampusnacht, and when Krampus reigns. 
In the real world, people might attend Krampus balls, or young men from the local Krampus group might don carved wooden masks, cowbells, chains, and elaborate costumes to run through town in a Krampuslauf. I'm just having so much fun with German right now. I'm noticing, yeah. Krampus run. Frightening and sometimes beating bystanders. This recurring theme of people, of young men dressed up like the crop is just whipping people with sticks is Yeah, see, that's not so great. much. It's a little clockwork orange, isn't it? Well, that's where, you know, Christmas Cop 2 goes. Oh, God. It gets dark. It does get dark. It's the gritty reboot of Christmas Cop. Well, it's not a reboot. It's a sequel that's built it's into the first one. The gritty Christmas sequel. Cop 3 is the reboot. Oh, okay. Is the prequel? No, it's, it's a just threequel. a re- It's a oh. reboot. Oh. It's a reboot. We just put a three on the end. <laughs> so you're just going real fast and furious with your fast and yep. loose, fast and furious fast and with your all right. two Christmas, two cop. According to legend, Krampus will spend the night visiting each house. He might leave bundles of sticks for bad children, or he might just hit them with the sticks instead. Why does this? <laughs> the hitting with the sticks. It's like a very specific thing, right? It's not even like an acts violence upon them. It just like hits them with sticks. Like what? <laughs> it's so good. He might toss them in the sack uh, or basket on his back and then throw it in a stream. This is a oh different my version. Gosh. Or he might straight up take them to hell. You know, it's going to be yeah. one or the other. But don't worry, guys. The next day is Nicholas Dog, St. Nicholas Day, which evolved into Santa Claus. In other words, it's time for presents. I thought you were going to tell me Santa had a dog, and I was really no, excited. No, sorry. In other words, it's time for presents for all the little girls and boys. That is, all the ones who haven't already been beaten, damned, or drowned. I love this article. Okay, number three. Now, here's what makes me question. I did this a little bit in my Horror Honeys piece, but I question the morality of St. Nicholas because of who he associates himself with. Like, I'm just saying, yeah, you're not the sins of your friends, but you have to wonder why he continues to associate with this figure. So you're three. saying that St. Nicholas should cut, like publicly condemn the actions of the Krampus? Yes, yeah. I am. He needs to make a statement. Why I'm won't still he waiting say something? for Santa to release his statement. I'm waiting for him to release his statement. Krampus may be a monster, but he pals around with Santa. Originally, Krampus was a purely pagan tradition. We said this already. He said to be the son of hell from Norse mythology. But he got grafted onto tr- Christmas tradition as a sidekick to St. Nick, similar to figures like uh, Nech, uh, Nech Ruprecht, um, Knight Rupert in yeah. Germany and uh, others that I will actually talk about. Uh, since the 13th, oh my god, since the 17th century, the two have been linked in a sort of Christmassy yin yang with Krampus as St. Nick's dark companion. Costumed figures of the two traditionally visit houses and businesses together on Christmas Nacht. It's, it's, it is what you're talking about. It's a good cop, bad cop situation. Mm-hmm. It's so troubling. I want a statement from St. Nicholas. Does St. Nicholas condemn beating children with sticks or is he in support of it? Is he complicit? I just, I think we need to talk about it. I'm gonna put up a whole bunch of posters of Santa with just he knew across <laughs> the eyes. <laughs> okay, sorry. Screams. Get it because it's Santa, he knows everything. Yeah. See, he know there's there's no way he could plead ignorance, there's no way he could say he didn't know what the Krampus was up to. He knows everything. He's straight up omnipotent. It says it right there in his songs. Um anyway. Krampus- I'm a little troubled that you're like I don't know, blaming Santa for this and not blaming the Krampus for I can blame actively both. hitting kids with Okay, sticks. Santa actively brings the Krampus to children's houses. <laughs> yeah, he's an enabler. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't just, like, not know. He just, he or even know and stay quiet. He actively brings the demon to children's homes. Yeah, I know. I'm just saying you were laughing a minute ago and it was all about the Krampus beating kids with sticks. And now, now you're trying to push that off on somebody else. You can't support his art if you don't like his morals, Addison. <laughs> Oh, no, I don't support it. I don't support his art. Let me the real gift we're bringing to you guys today is media ethics. 
I don't support the Krampus's art, Alex. I don't. I'm fascinated by him. It's different. Okay, number four is just something we've said multiple times now, and it's just that Krampus revelers will hit, push, and whip spectators at their parades. <laughs> so much. Here's a description of the Salzburg Krampuslauf from a tourist who expected mere costumed buffoonery and came home with welts. Yikes. So it's like Culture not shock. consensual. <laughs> Culture shock. Yikes. Well, I think it's almost like a Christmas mosh pit. I think I think in this situation, I'm going to read it to you and you'll see what I mean. It sounds more like you get kind of like packed into like a crowd and like no one can tell which end is up a little bit. Sounds like a Christmas mosh pit. Yikes. The but this guy clearly didn't know what he was getting into, which makes it like a bit saying. more troubling. No, it's still troubling. I'm saying it's, but I'm saying it's not, I don't think he was sought out. It was, okay. The narrow streets in the old city section of Salzburg were packed with pedestrians as the Krampuses stomped through. Many people were caught unaware and reacted with terror. Some would flee and try to seek refuge in a shop or restaurant, only to be pursued by a determined Krampus. Oh my god! With so many easy targets, we again managed to escape largely unharmed. At times, we were chased, jostled, and struck, but compared with the brutality we witnessed, it was obvious we had been spared the full brunt of what Krampus could muster. Okay, so I know now, immediately, why the Krampus movie was, like, not well-received, and it's because, like, they were trying to make like a movie about one horrible entity when it should have just been like the purge Krampus knocked <laughs> yeah like that's the scary story to be told here yeah it's like li- like this is literal real life like yeah. people fleeing in terror <laughs> and being pursued by people dressed in horrifying costumes literally whipping them on the street this is so much okay this one makes me laugh though I'm sorry this was actually I I'm sh- I hope the teenager was fine so it was okay for me to laugh because um it described the writer went on to dis- uh, it went to Krampus off since three cities and described uh Similar situations, as well as a Krampus chasing down a, and sitting on a teenager. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> I feel bad laughing, but the image of that is so funny. Wow. Wow. This is a sitting lot. On. I mean, like, I knew Krampus knocks were a thing. I had no idea that we were like that. I mean, the one in Winchester well, isn't them, like that Well, I think, the, I think the problem with that is it isn't, like, you can't really blame the, the holiday of Krampus not for that so much as when you get a bunch of drunk people together uh, uh, they it gives people who are dicks an excuse to behave as such. Yeah, and they use the like crazy mob fun party mentality to like be terrible, I guess. But yeah, no, true. Yikes! I was gonna say hashtag not all Krampus knocked. But well, yeah, I mean, like like I said, our Krampus knocked is nothing like that. True. At least I don't think so. <laughs> Sorry, there's a disturbing amount of sediment in my coffee drink. It's um, not a coffee drink. It is. A Califia Farms Cocoa Noir cold brew coffee. With this is a drag of Califia Farms. There's too much sediment in my coffee drink. Um, uh, I still can't get over, like, the flavor text on sorry. this. Cocoa Noir. Um, I've got more facts for you, though. Yeah, hit me up. One second. My phone is being silly, so I have to reset my... Um, I mean, there's really nothing to say. It's just like a little... Like, it's a pre-bottled, um, refrigerated, 10.5 fluid ounces. Number five, the appearance of these are some of the fa- some things that the other articles. I know a lot of this has been rehashing some of the same yeah, stuff, no, but just more detail. It. But these are some that we have not yet covered. Okay, Number five, right. the appearance of Krampus varies, but he often has one human foot and one cloven hoof. Here's a good example. You can see this foot, like he has like a clawed human esque foot and then one cloven hoof, like the classic portrayals of the devil. The Krampus costumes at Krampus Laufs are aesthetically varied. They may be reminiscent of devils, bats, goats, abominable snowman, or something out of a Guillermo del Toro movie. There are usually some kind of horns and hides involved, but there's also a lot of free reign. Krampus has been a fixture on Austrian holiday, oh my gosh, on Austrian holiday greeting cards since the 1800s, where he's shown pursuing women or menacing children. (laughs) On the cards, Krampus traditionally has a long tongue and sports one human foot and one cloven hoof, and no one is entirely sure why. (laughs) It's a fun little mystery for you. Oh man, that's my favorite thing about it. 
Six. Some Austrian households had year-round decor meant to remind kids to stay good or Krampus would get them. A 1958 article about the Krampus legend in a state in southeast Austria called Styria reports that Krampus would deliver gold-painted bundles of birch sticks to children, small versions of the bundle of twigs he would use to beat people. The families would hang the birch twigs on the wall for the rest of the year's decoration and to remind kids to stay in line. The article rather primly notes that the twigs are hung particularly in those houses where the behavior of the children merits the application of corporal correction. <laughs> Sorry, I'm only laughing because Alex just made the most profoundly distressed face. <laughs> yep. Here's a fun one. Krampus was once banned by fascists. So Krampus is surprisingly anti-fascist, I guess, right here. Oh, man. Between 1934 and 1938. I, mean, I guess the enemy of my enemy. Right? Between 1934 and 1938, when Austria was under fascist rule, Krampus was seen as a symbol of sin, anti-Christian ideals, and social democrats. <laughs> what? <laughs> the newspaper of the Austrian Catholic Union, those things tend to go together, I guess, called for a Krampus boycott, and the government of Lyons, the capital of East Tyrol, forbade Krampus dances, and further mandated that all aspiring St. Nicholases must be licensed by, licensed by the city. Good God. They also pledged to arrest a Krampus whenever they saw him, though it didn't rise to the level of a ban. Uh, in 1953, in 1953 also, the head of Vienna's kindergarten system also published a pamphlet calling Krampus an evil man and warning parents that celebrating him could scar their children for life. Censorship. Ugh. Krampus masks. I said Krampus masks. Krampus masks are valuable pieces of folk art. Sure, you could probably pick up some plastic horns at Target, but that's not really in the right spirit. Traditionally, the masks worn at a Krampus procession are made of wood, hand-carved by specialist artisans. For instance, Ludwig Schneg makes the masks for all 80 members of the Hyman Krampus group, and he's been making them since 1981. Antique masks often wind up in museums, either folklore museums, or ones explicitly devoted to the Krampus, which I want to go to bad. Yeah, seriously. The towns of... uh, uh, Kitzbühel and Stahlhofen both feature Krampus museums that collect old costumes and masks, and until recently there was a museum in Suits. Oh my god, in S U E T S C H A C H. Suitschuk. Suitschuk, thank you. I just got overwhelmed by the consonants. Now, the last one is not really a fact so much, it's just a nice little reminder to you that you're free uh, to do things if you'd like to. You can celebrate Krampus even if you're in the US. Krampus has become increasingly popular on this side of the pond. He's shown up on Venture Brothers, Grimm, Supernatural, The Colbert Report, and American Dad. And there's a Krampus-inspired horror movie. By the way, spoiler alert, it's not a good movie. I'm sorry, Adam Scott, I love you. It's not a good movie. Yeah, wait for Christmas Cop. Yeah, it's gonna be amazing. And an increasing number of American cities... Up on the house, Cop. Oh, jeez. Sorry, that's... You can see how loud it was. Oh, boy. All right. In an increasing number of American cities, you can go to a Krampus party, Krampus costume contest, or even a traditional Krampus lauf. Los Angeles has a burgeoning Krampus scene, and the Morbid Anatomy the Morbid Anatomy Museum in Brooklyn hosts a yearly costume party. I want to go to that. It sounds amazing. You can also get down with the Krampus in Chicago, D.C., Philly, Richmond, Orlando, and other cities across the U.S. and Canada, like Winchester, Virginia. Yeah. Of course, for some people, the holidays are scary enough without throwing a demon beast with a penchant for physical assault into the mix. There is that. But if you're the kind of person who goes to extra scary haunted houses at Halloween, take heart. That terror doesn't have to stop just because we've entered a season of togetherness and joy. I love mental floss. Oh, man. Yeah, it's good. The um, real voice is excellent. 
Mm-hmm. I've got some fun pictures as well before I get into some sightings. Um, I have a whole, a whole heck ton of sightings to talk about soon, actually. But first, I just wanted to show you some fun pictures from the Atlantic. They compiled images from Krampus Laughs and Krampus Knocks if around the If they are the globe. pictures of people, like, literally beating children with sticks, I want no part of this. They're not. <laughs> okay, good. They're pictures of really cool costumes. Okay, I'm just saying that that is apparently a not insignificant part of the Krampus oh, no, 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 tradition. No, 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 no. In the, in the lore, he beats children with sticks. In the actual events, they're just beating adults and sitting on teenagers. Okay. No okay. children are harmed. No children are harmed. Just These teens. are just some amazing renderings. Whoa, of that one is really cool. I'm going to tweet out this article because there's some amazing renderings. This one yeah, is in Austria. All the ones in Austria are the really intense ones. And then this is like has some more in- of the same information about Krampus. Uh, I need it to load. There's... Um, Ooh, um, I like that one. Yeah, right? There's uh, one of the woodcarvers actually making the masks. Oh, very cool. There's participants. There's a guy in his half of his Krampus costume, which oh, I, I love. Oh, I like all of the Krampus fursuits. There's an amazing picture of just a guy in half a fursuit. And so he's just hanging out like a Santa hat, but he's got like these giant hairy legs. This it's picture's really super cinematic. Yeah, no um, kidding. I like this guy. Ooh. There's some really cool renderings of the Krampus. It's really worth researching. A lot of people are familiar with the really goat-looking one. Mm-hmm. There's some really interesting other kind of artistic... The, the the Mental Floss piece that pointed out the Guillermo del Toro Feng um, comparison was a really cool one because, honestly, um, I, I, I think a lot of renderings of the Krampus, rem- Krampus remind me of uh, the, the fawn from... Pants Labyrinth, mm, yeah. which is a very, uh, very cool choice. But anyway, I just wanted to show you some of those because I really like them. And there's more in this article. It's a piece from theatlantic.com. And the headline is um, the actual title of the piece. It's just a little bit of primer on the – it's a little primer on the history and mostly it's just cool for the photos. And it's Alan Taylor wrote uh, Krampus, St. Nicholas's Dark Companion. And that is on theatlantic.com. Cool. So let's talk sightings. Because did you think we were going to get out of here without Krampus sightings? And also, I should specify, these are not sightings of people, supposedly of people dressed as the Krampus. These are sightings of Zorro. I saw a man who hit me with a stick. It was hard to tell what he looked like because there were a hundred other men also hitting me with sticks. Yeah, no, this is the Krampus. The Krampus. The real one. This is a site that I'm fascinated by. It's called Before It's News. And it's like, this is a paranormal uh, site as well. It's uh-huh. got sol- multiple sections. They have like a section with alien stuff. They have a section for conspiracy stuff, and they have a section for paranormal stuff. Right. So this paranormal section. Uh, this is author Paul Dale Roberts from Halo Paranormal Investigations. Okay. Which is really exciting to me because this is straight up like paranormal investigators one as opposed to somebody's personal blog. This is um, a guy being like, "Nah, this is an investigation that was done. This is real family tormented by real Krampus. Not real family. Sorry, family tormented by real Krampus. Real I family. Real, I added a real. That was not. That was not Paul Dale Roberts's choice." <laughs> So, a real human. Eleven twenty three twenty fifteen. Paranormal hotline call. Time seven thirty. I get many strange paranormal hotline calls, and one of the strangest occurred today. A family that resides in Massachusetts makes claim that they were haunted by Krampus and a little gnome. The family seeing the preview of the movie Krampus felt the urge to tell their story to the paranormal hotline. The family wants to remain anonymous, and they make claim that this incident happened many years ago. The family is of German descent. The family has three children: two boys and one girl. The girl in her teens played around with a Ouija board with her two girlfriends, because of course she did. The board started answering their questions, and the girls got freaked out about it. When they asked the entity what his or her name was, the name spelled out was Krampus. The family realizes that Krampus is meant to be a fictional character, but they feel there is either an entity out there that calls itself Krampus, or there is actually a real Krampus. Hmm. 
Their daughter was misbehaving and using LSD with a boy in the neighborhood, and the entity said he would punish her for her misdeeds. That is a misbehaving, yes. (laughs) The entity told the daughter that she would be first visited by a gnome named Limey. Perhaps under the influence of LSD, the daughter started seeing a misshapen gnome creature running about the house. It had scrawny legs, feet with pointed slippers, a slight hunchback, and facial skin blisters. There was a time when the daughter opened the closet, and the gnome jumped out of the closet and scurried off. The mother of this family saw Limey only once while watching TV. With her peripheral vision, she saw a small, shadowy creature dart off and run underneath the kitchen table. The daughter, while lying in bed, heard thumping sounds coming from underneath her bed, and when she rolled over, she looked underneath the bed. The little gnome creature poked her in the eye. The daughter's eye was bleeding profusely. Oh my god. (laughs) The mother was- sorry, I'm only laughing because of your reaction. (laughs) The mother was about to rush her daughter to the hospital when all of a sudden- all of a sudden, the bleeding stopped and the eye was normal, as if nothing ever happened. That was the last time they saw Limey. Now here comes Krampus. Okay. The two sons that slept in bunk beds heard a knocking on their closet door. The boys kept watching the closet door because of the knocking. The knocking became louder and louder, and the father of this family went to the two boys' room to investigate. When he got up there, he opened the closet door, and two large red eyes came flying out of the closet and went right through him. He felt a chilling, cold breeze. The next incident occurred during Christmas Eve. On Christmas Eve, the daughter confronted a large entity with horns and red eyes. The entity slapped her five times. Sorry, I'm only... Wow. The daughter screamed and screamed. Sorry, that's just the, 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 the wording of that is ridiculous. The family was very stressed out from the paranormal experiences in this home and decided to go on vacation to Florida for a week. As you do. When they returned, they discovered that their house had burned to the ground. Oh my god! There was no explanation for the fire. What? The paranormal activity experienced by this family has ceased, and they now live in a new home in another state. That's that's all I got for you there. And that's not all I got for you in terms of sightings. Nice. I actually have two more. Um, and also I have one specific um, – there's a video. I don't know if any of these sightings appear in the video because it's 30 minutes long, so I haven't watched it. But um, there's a YouTuber who also has his own subreddit called uh, Darkness Prevails. Darkness Prevails is a subreddit for people to share true paranormal experiences. Uh-huh. And there is a YouTube video by Darkness Prevails that's called Five Real Life Krampus Sightings, and they were submitted by members of this Reddit. But I also went to said subreddit and found two. Okay. Personal okay. Reddit Krampus encounters. Well, shoot, let's dive right in. Let's do it. Yeah, the Krampus brings up some real wild stuff, doesn't it? Sure does. All right, so, oh my gosh, I really wish this person hadn't written this all like one wall of text. Goodness me, look at that. Mm-hmm. I forgot which one was formatted like this. So, this is my Krampus encounter. This was actually submitted 19 days ago. So, this is okay. pretty heckin' wow. recent. That's wild, yeah. All right. It was the Christmas of 2014. It was the night of Christmas Eve. During this time, me, my dad, and my mom's boyfriend wouldn't celebrate it like your normal family. We would usually just, uh, sorry, this is just, like, like friend stuff. This is basically, like, personal stuff. This is him just basically saying, like, they would, uh, do home, drink homemade wine and just, like, hang around and not really do much of anything for that like uh-huh. i'm skipping a little bit ahead because there's a lot of unnecessary exposition sorry like not like me in any way this person's not trying to write this for me to read it for fun right but um here we go um talk about sitting in front of the fire i couldn't bear it anymore so i decided to sit on the couch that was right by the huge living room window for some reason i had this this is when he was 14 for some reason i had the sudden urge to look outside today i regret it still and probably always will i saw thick blankets of snow a random snowman in our front yard and in front of that was a very tall figure 
At first, I wasn't paying any attention to the figure. I was trying to figure out how the hell from not even an inch of, we went from not even an inch of snow outside to at least six inches. I looked around and the neighbor's yard was the same as before. It struck, it struck me as odd and decided to start paying attention to the figure that was now closer to my house than it was before. By now I could see his face illuminated from the living room light. I stared at the thing for at least five seconds before I started to analyze his face. He had a dark, wrinkly, dead-looking face and a bright white beard that seemed dirty and unkempt. For better or worse, he looked like an evil Santa Claus. I yelled for Dad and John to come to the window and look outside. As soon as they looked out the window, I could tell they noticed everything I'd noticed by seeing the expressions on their faces. Dad took off yelling about getting a gun, and Don John did the same. When they returned, Dad held in his hand a twenty-two revolver and John a, a 12-gauge shotgun. They started stumbling, trying to load their weapons. Um, as I pulled out a pocket knife I had gotten days before, I didn't want to be the odd one out without a weapon. As I whipped out the blade and looked back up, it was gone. Dad asked me why I wasn't keeping my eye on the damn thing, but I ignored him looking back out the window. Everything that was there before was gone except for the snowman that had already started to melt. But I noticed a stick jabbed in the side of the snowman's head and attached to it was a piece of paper. When I noticed this, I rushed out to the front while Dad and John were rambling about it not being safe. I pulled out the stick and began to read as Dad and John ran up behind me and pulled me inside. Dad looked at my face this time. It read The note read, or Dad looked at my face and then the note. He said, what is this? I started to read it out loud, and it read, Cherish those little moments while you still have them. They will not be there forever. You all got lucky this year, but I will be back if you do not get the concept of what Christmas and life is all about. Oh my god! <laughs> Dad threw the note in the fireplace and ran up to get mom and my little brother up. I'm sorry, but that's me as Krampus. Yeah. Like, I'll be back if you guys just don't, like, understand this concept, alright? Like, I need you, know, you to the get movie... the thematic material. That's what the movie Krampus is about, sort of. It's the Krampus being pissed that they don't get the meaning of Christmas, pretty much. Same. Um, it says, uh... Dad threw the note in the fireplace, which I don't know why you would do that. And then basically, Christmas is coming up and I'm scared, just like every Christmas from that point on. I just hope he decides not to come back this year. <laughs> so that one's fun. I, like, edited for typos as I was reading that. There were some yeah, really fair. fun typos. So that's why I t if I had pauses, there were some typos that took my brain a second. But this one was submitted eight days ago. Oh, uh, what? This one's just Krampus. Love it. This is the last one. My family was never much into the holidays. I wouldn't quite say we were atheists, but we certainly never celebrated any religious holidays. I was probably the only one that had any faith. My grandparents were Catholic, so I would go to church with them all the time when I was young. Until when I was 13, they they died, uh, but I am getting off topic. <laughs> I'm sorry. After this... I renounced God, saying if God were kind, why would he let this happen to me and my family? That Christmas, I didn't decorate a tree, I didn't write a letter to Santa, and I didn't pray. All I did was get severely depressed. It if was God Christmas. were real, old people wouldn't die. They died in a drunk driving accident, according to uh, later in the thing. Sorry. Gotcha. <laughs> That's why. It's an, it, well, now I like feel horrible. Injustice. No, it's okay. You didn't know. You didn't know. Um, all I did was get depressed. It was Christmas Eve, and I was on my PlayStation raging at a game and decided it was time for bed at 1130. So I headed upstairs and took sleeping medicine. Now... When I am on that medicine, I sleep like a rock. So needless to say, when I suddenly jolted awake at 12.30 in the morning, I was confused. I laid in my bed for about 30 seconds until I heard a crash in my living room. I grabbed my metal baseball bat next to the bed and started down the stairs. For some... What? This, this sentence this is not a sentence. For some layout, my house is two stories with a basement. Oh, it's for layout for layout context. Sorry. The ground floor was open with a kitchen, with a, uh, a kitchen, a laundry set, and a family room. Upstairs is a long hall with my parents' room, sister's room, bathroom, storage room along the hall, and at the end is mine. Okay. So after I creeped down the stairs, I noticed a bright green-blue neon light, almost like a Christmas tree. But that can't be possible. I knew there was no way. Well, I was wrong. I turned the stairs slowly, off the stairs slowly and quietly to not alert a potential intruder, and what I see made me shriek. What I saw before me was a six-foot goat-like creature, but humanoid. It wore an old cloak and those fingers, God, those long, skinny, sharp nails. The second I screamed, I heard running from upstairs, and then it f almost floated up the chimney. 
Yikes. What it left scares me to this day. There was a green and gold box with a red bow. Inside was a note. Dear, dear child that saw me, you cannot renounce me, especially now that you know I exist. And in the bottom was a bell. It was about the size of a black walnut, but rust gold in color. And written on it was one word, Krampus. My parents called the police, but of course they didn't do anything about it. I am now 15, and it took a year and a half of therapy to help me live with this. I have since started going back to church and celebrate religious holidays again. I am the only one, though. My family didn't believe me, and ever since we've grown further apart. It's only a matter of time until it returns for my family. Yikes. What? Oh, man. Oh, so, man. that's what I found when I looked for Krampus on Reddit. Yikes, that's a lot. I mean, I love it, but that's a lot. Isn't it great? Okay. Um, so that's the wild ride of the Krampus episode so far. And then just as a fun little uh, bonus, while I was researching some spooky companions of Santa Claus, um, HistoryAnswers.com is a really fun little summary of it, but that you can find information about this particular figure in a lot of things. Now, you speak French well, so I need you to help me pronounce that. Uh, Le Père Fauteur. Okay, that. That guy? Um, uh, and the headline is that, the French Christmas cannibal who serves Santa Claus. Love it. And his name translates- Does he, like, serve Santa Claus or does he, like, serve- <laughs> Nice. Because he, he said him. the Christmas yeah. the cannibal- He is a Christmas cannibal. Serve now, Santa Claus. I also, don't love that. his name translates to the Whip Father. Yes. Which is- It sure does. Makes him a very special Christmas figure to some people. Yikes. Uh, anyway. The sorry. same kind of people who really get into Krampus knocked, I guess. Oh. All right. Santa Claus has become the dominant international figure of the holiday season. Yeah, he might well be deemed the headline act, but the character arose from a synthesis of historic folk and religious traditions stretching back hundreds of years. We talked about that. It was fun. Now, there's a mind-boggling number of variations on the character throughout history, and barely any country opted for the same iteration or set of customs. One of the craziest, without a doubt, is northern and eastern France's Le Père Fouettard, Father Whipper, a sort of anti-Santa. <laughs> Across December and into January, a host of traditions continue, while not exactly flying in the face of what has become a largely secularized form uh, of Christmas, Santa Claus nor St. Nicholas has very much to do with the nativity story, but very much invested in their own region's take on the rights of winter, gift-giving, and folkloric heritage. Ironically, perhaps, our Yuletide story begins in Turkey. For one very important date in the run-up to, Christmas, to Christmas is the feast day of St. Nicholas on the 6th of December. Born to Greek parents on the southern coast of Patara, the 4th century Bishop of Mera became known and venerated as the patron saint and protector of children. Across Europe, traditions have, uh, traditions have said that monstrous beings accompany St. Nicholas on his rounds, either as mismatched buddy cop movie pairings, yes, <laughs> Krampus, Nechtruprecht, and Schmutzli, or as standalone villains such as Austria's witch Frau Perta or Iceland's feline menace uh, Jola Kuturin. There's apparently an Icelandic feline menace on Christmas time. I didn't know that. For next like year. mobsters doing their boss's dirty work, Krampus and Le Père Huitard set out into the cold, cold December night to deal with the kids who have been naughty. They're more likely to deck the halls. Ha, this is awful. They're more likely to deck the halls with Holly's bowels than bowels, bowels of Holly. That's Yikes. dark. Forget kindly elves, a jolly man with a great big bushy beard, red-nosed reindeers, and magical sleighs. Children are given a choice, presents or a sound beating with a bag of ashes, as one strand of the tale goes. If you've given too much lip to your folks over the year and don't say your prayers, it's possible an evisceration is what you have to look forward to. <laughs> oh my god. That's gosh. fun. That's a lot. In Nord-Pas-de-Calais, Lorraine, and southern Belgium, on the night of the 5th of December, St. Nicholas leaves chocolates and sweets in the shoes for the ones who have been good, said their prayers, been good to their parents, and done their homework all year round. While Krampus and Black Peter have featured in recent movies, Krampus and uh, 2010's Saint, the story of Le Père Fouettard is a whole other level of crazy and vicious. Not many read any seasonal tales center cannibalism, infanticide, and zombie children, but this one does. 
<laughs> Would you like this also? Check out this creepy French postcard featuring Le Père Fortade. Oh, man. That's a lot. Mm-hmm. So how does a creepy figure with a creepier name fit into the St. Nicholas tradition? I'm kind of tempted to ask you to wait on this one. So we have, like, some fuel for future holidays, but... Oh, but there's... It but seems there, like there's a lot here. There's actually not, aside from just this kind of one okay, article. Okay, Um, You won't find... I was going to say that I, I, I wanted to save him, but when I researched, I found out there wasn't enough to fill a whole episode, okay. so I wanted well, to go yeah, ahead and do it. But I do want to save that Icelandic Christmas cat. Oh, for sure. I think, uh, yeah, he, unfortunately, aside from, like, this and one other article that basically says the same thing, there's not a lot of stuff about him. And then there's a lot of fun, creepy pictures, but there's not a lot of, like, okay, stuff. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> I know this episode's running long, but it's Chris, it's Krimbus. It's Krampus. It's Krampus. It's Krampus. I don't know why I said that, like, the count from Sesame Street. One Christmas demon, ah, uh, ah, uh, ah. Uh. Two Christmas demon, ah, uh, ah, uh, ah. Uh. Okay. And it has nothing to do with the time and everything to do with the fact that I want avocado toast. I understand. Well, we're going to do it soon. Jeez Louise. Okay. Now, so how does this fit into the St. Nicholas tradition? There are several origin stories that have become popularized. There's just basically two. One is entirely apocryphal, and the other is also perhaps fictional, but it has its roots in a 16th century medieval siege in the eastern city of Metz. Both are medieval in origin. The first, which started to be told around 1150, involves an evil butcher who kidnapped three lost children, murdered them, carved the meat up, and put it in a salting tub. Alas, St. Nicholas turned up at the door, and the butcher attempted to ingratiate himself to his saintly visitor by offering him his best meat. Instead, St. Nicholas resurrected the boys from the dead and sent them back to their parents. This is the story you mentioned. Yeah, this is, yeah, yeah, but yeah, this yeah. is the That's one of the reasons I wanted to bring this up. That's Le Père Fautard. Interesting. Seeing an opportunity for the butcher to repent his sins, the butcher became Father Whipper, a sort of eternal servant who acts as the bad cop to St. Nicholas's good. Huh. Another interesting variant on Father Whipper relates to the 1522, or 1522, 1552 to 53 siege of Metz, part of the war between Francis Henry II and the Holy Roman Empire. The fighting lasted from 1551 to 1559. During the festive period, locals decided to burn an effigy of the Holy Roman Emperor, Charles V, and drag it through the streets. A group of tanners created the Father Whipper character and based his physical appearance on the burnt effigy. So why the Dassad name, like name, Father Whipper? <laughs> the Père Fouettard is often depicted or described as a disheveled-looking man in black robes with a black or red beard who carries a martinet, a scourge-style whip, ready to dole out beatings to naughty kids. He looks like something from a horror movie and is very much the stuff of nightmares. But really, it's the idea of not getting gifts from St. Nicholas, which is the overriding emotion. Imagine how left out you'd feel if you got a lump of coal and all your friends were in the grip of a sweet sugar rush. There's, um, there is a cultural, social, and religious throughline in all these folk traditions. Toe the line, say your prayers, and be good to your parents, and you'll be rewarded. If not, you'd better watch out. But that's Le Père Fouettard. There's not really anything else to say about him, but that particular... But he's very... He's too interesting to not mention. I like his origin story. Yeah, that's pretty interesting. I really like it. I just... Especially, I was reminded of him when you were talking about St. Nicholas, because I think you might have mentioned the weird thing where he went and resurrected some children. Yeah, I did. You talked about it. And that... And and I had to resist in the moment. I didn't want to... Because I knew Uh, I wanted to say talking about him. No, I am never, ever again in my life going to say... Father Whipper after that moment right there because it's bad and I hate it. When did you ever say but Father Whipper? Just now when I said oh. his name. I didn't want to be like, I'm never going to say his name. And then people would be like, well, you said it. The other translation I've seen of his name, and it's the one that makes me laugh really, really hard, is the Whip Father. Yeah. I mean, the Whip Father. The Whip Father. Yeah, that sounds like a much. really weird, I'm so sorry, but it sounds like a really weird mistranslation of some sort of bondage thing. Like it's yeah, no, I mean, that's where all of this conversation has been going. Thank you I'm for, sorry. for verbalizing it. I had to say it or somebody would call me out for not saying it, and that's that. And that's um, that's what Christmas is all about. Is it, though? No. I mean, for some, I guess. Not trying to yuck anybody's yum. 
Not gonna scully your Mulder or any Not of that. Not gonna scully your Mulder or any of that. How do you feel about DeCrompus? How do I feel about DeCrompus? <laughs> well, I cannot wait for him to be played by Ron Perlman in oh, Up on the man, House Oh, man, I was going to ask who was going to play him. Up on the House Cop. Um, John Goodman's going to be Santa. I was just going to ask who's our Santa Claus. John Goodman's going to be Santa and Ron Perlman's going to be Krampus. Um, Terry um, Crews is going to be the police chief. I was just going to say, can Terry Crews be the police chief who oh, says, yeah. give me your gun and badge? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm trying to think of a really good, like... Oh, man. Oh, man. Like a really good, like... Like a good Christmas pun, I yeah, know. Yeah, a good I, Christmas pun for, for Terry. like Or just for him to be like, Santa, you've been hitting the milk and cookies too hard. You need to, like, <laughs> calm it down. Uh, Look, Nick, I stuck my neck out for you, but I can't do it again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, that's Up on a House. Up on the House Cop 1. Um, <laughs> David Crumble's just going to be in it as Bernard the Elf because he wasn't in Santa Claus 3. <laughs> Uh, oh, Bernard, we've been waiting. We've been waiting. The pair of Bernard. <laughs> no, stop. <laughs> stop. <laughs> Do not turn our love into something that it's not. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Don't soil that for me. Um, so anyway, this one was a bit of a journey. Um, I, In retrospect, I kind of wish I'd done this, the troubling one first and then we'd ended you with something wholesome for the holiday. But at the end of the day, here we are. You guys don't get that. This That's is not what gift. you get. This is what you do. Uh, so, yeah, if you're listening to this on time, then, I mean, if you're listening to this on the day it releases, then happy holidays. Enjoy your time spent with your loved ones or with yourself. Well, I hope yourself is a loved moments. one of I mean, you. I hope so, too. I hope you love yourself. Um, if, you're, if yourself is not a one loved by you, it is loved by us, at least. So it yes. is a loved one. It is a loved one. And you have our voices in your ears, our dulcet tones. So yeah. you're spending it with these loved ones. <laughs> oh, that's a little presumptuous. <laughs> a little bit, yeah. Sorry. Um, it's okay. But if you don't like this podcast, don't spend your Christmas listening to it. It's true. Treat yourself better than that. That's true. If you don't like this podcast, how about just don't listen to it in general? Why I mean, would you listen fair. to a podcast you don't like? That's my biggest yeah, question. Yeah, treat yourself. In 2018, yeah. make a choice. Is only listen to podcasts you genuinely enjoy. Yeah. Our listenership to club drops immensely. <laughs> we got to yeah. We did okay, it bye. to ourselves. All right, bye. No, um, yeah, in all seriousness, absolutely. And I hope that... Uh, you remember the important lessons of today's episode at the end of the day. Uh, be kind to one another. Uh, do an honest do what's right or a goat demon will beat you with sticks or kidnap you or throw you in the river. Or take you to hell. I said kidnap you. Yeah. Take, kidnap you and take you to hell. Um, anyway, <laughs> you should be good not just because you're afraid of a goat demon, but because it's nice to be nice. Absolutely. Um, so Merry Christmas. We hope you enjoyed your Hanukkah, if that's what you celebrate. Um, solstice. Yeah. If you're a Yule celebrator, then we hope your Yule yeah. was enjoyable. Uh, Kwanzaa? Kwanzaa, yep. I'm trying to think of other wintertime holidays. Because yeah. I was going to say the... Any not herein specified. Yes, exactly. Absolutely. All of them. Any and all wintertime, wintertime treats. Um, if you're listening to this in the future, we hope that 2018 is a good year. I hope it's better. I hope this episode ages well and that us saying happy 2018 isn't just like rubbing some salt in the wind. Isn't just the way people felt feel now looking back on when we tweeted that 2017 was going to be our year. <laughs> mm, yeah, that's why I avoid New Year tweets if at all possible. You're right. It never ends in Very sad. That's true. <laughs> oh. But, but anyway, 2018's going to be your year. It's going to be great. It's going to be your year. I'm here with you. We're going to make it through. It's going to be amazing. We're doing great. And guess what? We did it. We made it through. Yeah. I can see it. That's the gift. I can see the I can see the light. It's coming in. But seriously, um, enjoy your seasonal celebrations. Hope you get some rest. Hope you have some time spent with you and all that you hold dear. And hope it is free of goat demons with bundles of sticks. Absolutely. And I hope you get some candy in your shoes. <laughs>
<laughs> the real dream, honestly. As always, uh, we hope we can keep you around and stay festive out there and safe. Stay safe. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>